Hi everyone, this is Jingjing. Hi everyone, this is Yajun. Welcome to our latest episode of a Woman Podcast. Today is our great honor to have a Casey Lee with us. Yay! Welcome, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Casey is an African American who has been living in China for three years. She is a poet, a writer who just published her chapbook called "The Period of Warring States." Where can we buy the book? Yeah, you can buy it online at the publisher's website. So it's anothernewcalligraphy.com. It's a press in Chicago, so it delivers all over the United States. Awesome! Great. Yeah, we'll, looks beautiful. Yeah, it's、Thank、beautifully、you. designed and have a China Daily on the cover. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Did you draw them? No.、Yourself? So the press asked me to send a bunch of photos or inspiration for it. So I sent. Do you know Luba Draws? She's an artist in town. She does.、No. She makes really beautiful. Designs that I think really symbolize Beijing.、Mm. So I sent him some of her stuff. I sent him photos of pigeons because I think I associate a lot of pigeons with Beijing when I moved here. Hutongs, some surveillance. There's surveillance cameras on the back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so lovely. Yeah. yeah. So other than this beautiful book, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that today we want to invite Casey to join us is to discuss、uh, her new piece about opening viewing of、uh, Black Panther in China,、mm. as, and also talking about a little bit, you know, racial issue in China.、Mm. So、uh, tell me a little bit about your、uh, your piece.、Uh, you went to this big opening, right? It looks really beautiful. Absolutely.、Um, so as you know, Black Panther. Has been a worldwide phenomenon, and all my friends in America went like maybe a month ago. All of us were getting excited for it to finally come to China. Exactly,、mm-hmm. exactly. So this organization called Opopo, which stands for One People, One Purpose, which、mm-hmm. is run by a Black American woman named Rihanna Aaron. So she decided she wanted to throw a big party about Black Panther coming here, and. The thing about Black Panther is the costumes are so beautiful. They're pan African, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful colors, and it's kind of futuristic. So you get to kind of do this cool mix of being from the future and being <laughs> African. So all the costumes and the outfits have been so beautiful all over the right, world. So we、yeah. wanted our Beijing version.、Right. So she had a red carpet, and there were photographers. And we, she bought a whole theater down in Tiananmen Square. Wow!、Um, the whole theater, and then actually, it sold out in maybe two days. So she opened、wow. even more, and it was packed. And so we all went in. The whole theater is packed with like beautiful African diaspora, African people, and friends.、Mm. Um, and two, there's two singers. So there was a black man.、Um, His name's King. He's a local singer,、uh-huh. so he sang some kind of soul ballads, and then another black woman came and sang, and then there was Ugandan djembe drummers. So that's the drum that sits、mm. on your lap. People associate it with Africa.、Mm. So there was six of them, and they were dressed in costumes, and they were, you know, hitting the drums, and everyone was、mm. going crazy. And then it was time to watch Black Panther. Wow! So we all got to watch it together. It was so interesting and fun and freeing to watch that movie in the context of the Black community in China.、Mm. So I'm really grateful to Opopo for organizing it.、Mm. So that was the event. 
And then I, along with SubChina, Asia managing editor Anthony Tao, we mm-hmm. went to the event because mm. we wanted to cover it. Um, so we are also excited. We want to be part of the fun. <laughs> um, and we thought it was just a really interesting story coming out of Beijing that you might not have heard right. otherwise. Yeah, so we yeah, went yeah. and we interviewed people. We kind of wanted to be like red carpet journalists where we're like, okay, what are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you rooting for? That's the part I really enjoy on your piece. Yeah, what yeah, did you wear? So fun. Yeah, what did okay. you wear? Well, I said in the article I wore, I have a bolero <laughs> jacket that, so it's like a short jacket that kind of stops at your waist mm-hmm. and then the fabric is Ghanaian and black. So I right. bought it during college because in college I was really excited to be part of the African diaspora and uh-huh. I studied African diaspora poetry and film right. and I went to a lot of museum openings about it. So I was always buying kind of like African inspired. So it's a Ghanaian um, print from this designer right. named Oseduro. Wow. Oh. I like fashion. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you should open your own fashion blog. Yeah. <laughs> you I actually, I'll tell you, I became a feminist from reading feminist fashion blogs. Really? Yeah. Back in college, I just loved clothes and I liked learning about clothes from and like how they related to women and gender and like policing and race uh, or like how you feel like you are supposed to be as a woman and like right. cultural appropriation right. all this happens in fashion so that's mm, 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 mm. i learned that great let's yeah, come back to cool. yeah talk about your piece so what was going through your mind when you structuring that article yeah so at first i wrote this kind of puff piece where i just talked about the clothes and then uh, anthony Tao, the editor kind of sent me some other articles and i felt kind of was guiding me in the direction to maybe make a more maybe thoughtful or a more mm. interesting piece. Mm. Um, and then, so I was just chatting with him about how the articles that he had sent me, I felt were really like basic and reductive and were just kind of terrible. Like they had headlines like, Chinese people think Black Panther is just too black. That was yeah, the headline. Yeah, I saw that article too. Or yeah. all these yeah, the headlines were, can Chinese people accept black people after Black Panther? Mm. And those articles were really frustrating because a lot of their research was quoting people on Dubar, the like social platform, mm. which is you could go on the YouTube comments of anything and prove any point. So that was very frustrating. Or they would just talk to one person in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um and that person would be like, yeah, it was cool. Or I thought it was about American imperialism. It wasn't about black people. So mm. they'd take like one quote from one person. Right. And then also, I thought the ones that were coming, there was one in Sixth Town that came from a black woman as well. And she said something that really, I really disagreed with was she said that she thinks racism in China is cruder and more overt than it is in mm. America. Mm. Um which I totally disagree with. So in the article, I talked about, like, what's cruder or more overt than, like, the police shooting you when you don't have a gun on you in the Mm. back while you, Mm. like, have handcuffs, which happens all the time. Right. Like, every 28 hours, a black person, black man in America who's unarmed gets shot by the police. So I thought it was just ridiculous to say, like, oh, this English school didn't hire me because you know, I'm black, is compared to the racism in America. Mm. Mm. And we have racial discrimination in employment in America. It's just not mm. posted. It's like in the back 
of everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a big impetus. So I was like, we chatting Anthony about it. And he was like, yeah, you should put that in the article. You should put yeah. that in the article. <laughs> and I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to like take this really seriously now. Yeah. Like before I just kind of, you know, want to go to the premiere and have fun and write a little article. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, I'm going to like really say my thoughts about like blackness in China and the mm-hmm. diaspora here and my experience of race in China. Um, and I think compared to a lot of people, um, a lot of black people also in Beijing is, I think people kind of repeat these narratives that they've heard from here is mm-hmm. like, before they come, they Google like, what's it like to be a black person in China? And it says, people are going to stare at you. People are going to want to touch your hair. People are going to want to take pictures. Mm. So you get here and then maybe that happens when you're at Tiananmen Square, you're in the Forbidden City because mm. there's people not from Beijing. But um, when I'm doing my daily life, like, that never happens. Mm. Um, Mm. So I feel like people are looking for things to prove that a lot of times. Um, Although that definitely does exist, and there are examples in the media. Um, And that's another thing about the articles that were coming out, where they were also citing the same incidents in China as being proof of the racism here, which was the um, detergent commercial for Chaobi. Um, they had a commercial where they had a black man and there was a Chinese lady and she kind of... the washing machine. Yeah, The washing machine, right. Um, And then she puts him in and he comes out this, like, sparkling Chinese man. (laughs) 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 Yeah, (laughs) so they're like, oh, you can, like, clean, like... So a lot of black people took that to mean as they think we're dirty and Mm. that we need to be cleaned into something better. So that was an example that four articles had cited as Chinese Mm. racism and then the recent uh, annual gala event uh, TV show where they had these kind of... Yeah, let's definitely talk about that. But I can just explain quickly is Mm. there was a a sketch where people, Chinese people were wearing blackface and Mm. they'd put things in like their like silicone near their buds to make it look better. Like a fake bigger. ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fake ass. Sorry. Yeah, you said it to a make little it look <laughs> Yeah, fake ass and fake tits. So to look like, you know, this whatever version of like African person that yeah. you've seen in right. things. So how does that make yeah. you feel? I mean like the annual gala sketch was widely discussed and also right. widely criticized in the you know international communities in China. So how does that make you feel like as an African-American that mm-hmm. lives in China? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the representation is totally grotesque and terrible and so messed up and not based on reality and making fun of something in a very mean, oppressive way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's absolutely terrible. I do think that there was a good response from the media and calling it out and mm-hmm. saying why. Honestly, as an African American, I I'm, I don't feel like that was making fun of me, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. maybe, you know, this idea, it didn't feel like related to me and I didn't feel like it had a impact on how Chinese people would treat me, like, on the ground here in Beijing. But I think it was absolutely terrible Mm. that they did that. It was deserved that they got the kind of reaction that they did in the media. Yeah. 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 But to be honest, it's kind of interesting to see how the whole thing developed. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, first is, was you know, the gala show of the year, right? The, The Spring Festival is the time that you feel like CCTV and, the you know, 
put so much attention and resources into that gala show. Mm. They they rehearsed it so many times and went through so many layers of approval, mm. and they should get something right. And I think that's why it just got so much attention. If it's just some random local TV station, it mm. wouldn't get so much attention. Mm. But on the other hand, I feel like it's interesting to see how much attention. It attracts, and at the same time, to help people really start to think about it. Yeah, I mean, before in China, you know, we only pretty much you only hear the voice from Han ethnic group, and there's not like in the U.S., for example, like there's、mm. a huge diversity of culture and race,、mm. and in China. Like it or not, you know, and we only hear the voice in media from the Han people's voice. So somehow I feel like after this CCTV、uh, skit, you know, people start to pay attention to this racial issue, and、mm-hmm. also Black Panther came out, and there's you know so many weird discussion about it. And also reading some common piece written、mm-hmm. by a Chinese writer on Tencent. That commentary piece was like. Literally, really, really, really racist. Saying that, oh, but the funny thing is, in the article, is that oh, there's no racial issue in in China, and there's no racism in China. And of course, on the comment section, there's a lot of people criticize him,、mm. saying that your article is totally against your argument. I、what was his argument? What, what was his?、Uh, he said that the, his com- the article was saying that you know Marvel tried too hard to make sure the movie is politically correct because the whole cast and the director is either African or African American. Yeah,、right? he's African American. Yeah. 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 So the Chinese article on Tencent was saying that you know nobody dared to criticize the movie because if you criticize the movie, that means you are not politically correct.、Mm. But that article start to criticize the production, and he doesn't like it. And、uh, he said, "Oh, I don't like it not because I'm racist, it's because you know there's <laughs> no racism in China." Yeah,、mm. yeah, it's, it's yeah, you, you, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you see a lot of this kind of weird comments start to come out,、mm-hmm. and then at same same time you see people responded、mm-hmm. in the comment section.、Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. In this year, two you know two things happening and、yeah. attract people's attention to this topic.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to Cassie, your experience in China because you were in China for a little bit over three years,、mm-hmm. and、uh, and then you were like born and grew up in the U.S.、Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can share a little bit how you feel about your experience here compared to your experience back in America. So first, again, understanding of you know your life here. Yeah, absolutely.、Um, it's really complex. I've lived in so America is really diverse too, and like how they treat race is really different.、Mm. So I grew up in Southern California,、um, so it was diverse there in different ways. Where there's a lot of、um, Asian Americans, a lot of Chicano and Latino people there, not that many Black people compared to other places in America. And then I went to New York City, which is so many Black people from all over. A lot of Afro Caribbeans there, a lot、mm-hmm. of pe- African immigrants there. So that was one experience. And then I came to China and also had a unique experience as well. What do you mean、um, unique? Yeah, yeah. I'll go into it. Yeah, exactly.、Um, so I think it's also different, like between between different people in China. So I, yeah, I'm African American. I came here, and I'm a woman, which I think is also different than if I was African American man. 
there's like differences there especially things like people will talk about dating or those kind of things can be mm-hmm. really different based if you're a man or a woman mm-hmm. and then one feeling I have here is I feel invisible but in some ways that's good mm-hmm. in some ways that's not so good mm-hmm. um like when you for me like when I walk around in the street in America or when I'm at a cafe and I overhear people mm-hmm. I get kind of often I'll get angry about like what I'm hearing because I think people are being kind of racist or something like very frequently you know you'll just like overhear things for me when I encounter especially now with Trump is when I encounter like a new white person Mm. I'm always questioning like in the back of my head do they like do they think I'm a you know angry black woman do they think (sighs) black people should be in prison do they think like Mm. make America great like it's in the back of my mind wondering Mm. where a white person thinks about race and then it's only after Trump got elected that you started it's more so now because apparently a majority of white people in America decide that that was okay so in privacy of a voting booth Mm -hmm. so like we were saying about the political correctness Mm. it's like PC culture is in America, a lot of people will say to your face, I'm not racist, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not right. this, that. But then they go and they... In the back of their mind. Mm-hmm, or when they're with their family mm. or places where they know there is no person of color around. Mm. Like, even this week, I was at a, the place where I was getting lunch and there were some Americans chatting and they were talking about similar themes of, like, race. And I was... Mm listening to them and feeling like angry I can't remember exactly what the topic was but mm. another weird thing too was I was walking one day and this is just how like an emotional feeling so mm-hmm. I was walking one day and then like a car came really close to me and I was like oh that's in Beijing yeah in Beijing right. and a car came really close to me and I was like oh shoot like a uh, this like person he's Chinese he's just driving bad then I looked over and I was like oh my god it's a white person I'm like scared now because mm. <laughs> um, there's I mean not so much in my age, but there's just such a history of black people being victims to just violence in America and mm. no repercussions at all, even still not like as much anymore. But there's just, you know, when my parents were born, it was illegal for a black person and a white person to get married. Like it's mm. very recent that yeah. we've started to be like that. Mm. So in China, I feel like people maybe don't care so much about like enforcing racism here it's Mm. just kind of like oh I don't really know about that Mm. or I've never I think especially the way I look like I have big hair and stuff like that is curly so I think especially when I'm in tourist areas people have literally never seen anyone who looks like me in person Um, and it's been that way even when I go to countries that are not China that don't have people that look like me it's the same thing people are like oh my god I can't take a picture yeah so it's not like a Chinese specific thing yeah um, in terms of that which Mm. I think is a lot of what people talk about when they talk about racism in Beijing is this feeling of oh they don't understand my hair they want to touch my hair or they ask me is there African people in America or just kind of things that I would associate more with ignorance than Mm. really like racism which Mm. to me is more racism is more like enforcing this kind of like racial caste system or Mm. just like violence or things like that like in Black Panther um I thought it was really nuanced the character who plays the villain his Mm -hmm. name's Eric Killmonger and he's from Oakland um 
which is, I think that's where the director is also from. Mm, um, In the real comic book, that character is from New York, but they moved it to Oakland. He's talking about the violence that happens in America. He goes back in time and visits his dad, who was killed um, by the... Father of the Black Panther, yada yada. So <laughs> he, he goes back in a dream and visits his dad, and his dad's dead. And he, in the flashback, he's a kid, right. and the dad says to him, "Why are you not crying? Like I'm your dad. Like I die. Why are you not crying?" And he says, "So many people die around here, and just you know, there's so much violence um, in the states about like the racial system and like." Right. Um, yeah. And the the director's first movie of this the screenwriter director is called Ryan Coogler, and the villain Killmonger is played by Michael B. Jordan. And mm-hmm. their first film together was about a police shooting in Oakland, mm-hmm. where a young black man who also had a daughter, like a young daughter, he got in a fight on the subway. The police took him out of the subway with like four friends. And they put them on the ground, and they put them in handcuffs. So they're on the ground with handcuffs mm-hmm. on their stomachs. And then the policeman gets out his gun, and mm-hmm. he shoots him in the back, and he dies. And this okay. was, I can't remember, it was like 2008, 2009, around then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the policeman says, I didn't mean to get my gun. I meant to get my taser and right. tase him. Right. Okay. <laughs> Well, and uh, you got to try harder to make that excuse. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and this happens so much in America. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Every 28 hours that happens in America. So, and the police, they have no repercussions. Mm. They don't go to jail. They sometimes will get a suspension from their job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that was part. So for me, when I was watching Black Panther, I knew that, those two actors had had this background together Mm. and it was set in Oakland. So that's Mm. like kind of secretly in the film for me when I'm watching it. So for me, comparing that racism to like, you know, the racism in China is just, they're not even the same. Comparable. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's very interesting. Towards black people here, I think. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting because, you know, personally, I have very, very limited knowledge about black community or African community. Um, I have to uh, confess that all of my knowledge about black community in the U.S. come from, we we have one friend who is African-American and he's very interesting. I always talk about, you know, mm-hmm. cultural and, you know, he, he, he's really talkative. <laughs> and <laughs> we just love chatting with him and he's so dramatic. Um, and uh, another knowledge source for me is Blackish, <laughs> the yeah, TV show. I know the show. I don't watch it, but I'm a, I'm a fan of Tracy Ellis Ross, the mom, I think. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah she, she's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like her Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my only knowledge source of the African uh, American com- community. But I think you know, for for me, at you know, at least I feel like uh, I somehow have some access to that, and I also study um, overseas and personally experience some mm. kind of racial issues in mm. France. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I at least have had a, a taste mm. about us. Mm. But I think a lot of, you know, people around me, like my, my family, mm. I don't think they have ever met 
any you know mm. black people in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's why you know when you're talking about ignorance, you know it it's not an excuse, but somehow I do feel like um, the media, you know. Give them a, a picture or stereotype mm. um, for Chinese audience about you know what black people should be or mm. you know how they behave and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's really not just a Chinese thing. Like I, I went to Finland in college for a week. Mm-hmm. I made some. You know, I was on spring break. I was like partying. I made some guy friends, mm-hmm. and then they came to visit us in New York. Like maybe a year later. Right. And they were terrified. They were so scared. <laughs> why, why? And they were like, they're like, oh my god. In they're like, I've never seen black people, but I'm really scared because <laughs> there's so many oh, black really? people around. And they're from Finland, and they just all they it's know about. It's a very all white community. Mm. All white, yeah, yeah, it's Finland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but my thing is, they had only seen black people on TV. That's my point. Right. And so they thought they've like seen all the gangster films and the rap music videos, and this idea is yeah. what they think of black people. I mean, honestly, it's really changing a mm. lot. That's why, like with Black Panther or Blackish, we have shows mm. like this. We have Insecure, which is a show about like young twenty-something Black women in LA. <laughs> um, and there, I think the biggest difference to me is like the Black people are behind the cameras too. They're the directors and screenwriters now. Right. Whereas like we've been on TV, but we've been represented by white directors, right? Screenwriters. Right. So we get. You know, we get typecast as, you know, the thug or black women get typecast as the maid, like the funny maid or Mm-mm-mm. like that kind of stuff. So I do think that kind of lack where your only way of knowing about a certain community is from television. Mm, right. That can totally guide your perception. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unfortunately. I, I totally agree in terms of the misrepresentation in the creative industry, you know, from movie, TV series. Cassie um, mentioned, you know, that it was off black people would play a villain or mm-hmm, a bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's it's rarely to see that black people was playing positive roles. Mm-hmm. To to me, I remember there was one movie I love it so much and it was a musical is Sister oh, Act. Sister Act. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was so great that movie and I remember like I watched on TV when I was young Mm -hmm. and I was like probably in early 1990s you know this is just an odd example to show that actually there are some (laughs) you know positive positive representation (laughs) which is I think you know if I totally agree like if more and more people are exposed to more diverse culture representation uh, whether it's race or ethnicity and then they would probably grow up to be more embracing and then multicultural Right, yeah, definitely. Right. Actually, the reason that I want to do this episode is, you know, because of your article. And also, I don't have an answer to that yet. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, it's important for people to learn about this kind of thing. You yeah. know, how we can contribute to this, you know, mm-hmm. to have more discussion about racial issue in China and, you know, help people to learn more. Because I, I feel like in China, you know, we... Because what kind of reason, political, whatever, our access to information is so limited. Mm. Let alone, you know, African American or Black people. You know, we cannot hear from our own minority group, right? Mm. Yeah. Just now at the lunch we were discussing, you know, the image, public Im- image of Uyghurs or you know, Tibetans or other minority cannot be heard 
in China, there's one voice, it's Han people's voice, right? And that's the voice which is emphasized over and over again um, on TV, on media. And yeah, so after a while, we're used to one voice. And you, because you are in the system of that one voice, you don't need to reflect or rethink, you know, whether what we hear is right or wrong. Well, whether, you know, it somehow just lacks of this kind of complicity of, mm. you know, diversity, cultural diversity, mm. racial diversity. Mm. Yeah, just, yeah, miss so much. Yeah. Mm. If we're talking about the, you know, the Chinese diversity in terms of race and ethnicity, one I was thinking, I'm not trying to find an excuse for people, but I'm just trying to, to dig out why people is because, right. like, for example, when you are the majority, mm-hmm. that you actually mm-hmm. don't know what the minority feels like and you don't know what sort of the comments that you give would hurt minorities because that you have never experienced what minority had experienced, for example, mm-hmm. biases or right. or, or uh, racist comments. So that as a majority race growing in China, you probably can never imagine what the experience that minority might have. So mm-hmm. I think it's the total ignorance that definitely needs more education for yeah, them to stand in the opposite party's shoes. How does that make you feel if I say something, for example, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think you know, um, starting overseas really helps because yeah, put different. myself into other people's shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I went to France for a couple of years, and in France, my landlord was totally racist, and somehow I had a better experience in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an internship in a, a mayor's office in a city near Boston, and everyone there was like, after the experience in France, I feel like. It, what well, the experience in the U.S. was really amazing, and people just show me everywhere and they yeah. explain to me, you know, how the local uh, political system works, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, uh, it was really, you know, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. For the education purpose, you know, what kind of behavior pissed you off the most in China? <laughs> if well, if I may ask, like racially speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm like almost the opposite. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think me personally, I've experienced that much racism here. Right. Almost at all. I'm anything that I would actually label like that was really racist. Mm. Um, there are times where you feel like people don't understand, want to exa- ask questions. For example, maybe give us an example. Yeah, I, don't know. I had a friend who was like, she was here a long time ago. And she went, she is black, but she's from Colombia. She was at a conference and she remembers some guy just said, you know why you're so dark as you eat too much soy sauce? Like that kind of stuff. That's just like ignorant and funny. But I mean, this is, that's my thing is like when people bring up the, the quote unquote racism in China, the biggest thing people say is the English teaching is that if you are black, there's discrimination in the English teaching industry. If you're... Uh But you're a native speaker. Right. But they think if you look like you're African, maybe you won't be hired. Or there's a funny one in the group that happened in the Black Panther group was someone was talking to a Chinese recruiter for an English teaching job, and the recruiter said... I'm sorry, but we're looking for native English speakers only. So the person says, well, 
what makes you think I'm not a native English speaker? Mm. And the recruiter says, well, I don't know. I've seen you posting a lot about this country, Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where that is, but I know it's not America or Canada oh, or God. the UK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Wakanda is the fictional land that Black Panther's from. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. <laughs> but there, but for me, like, or people will say, like, okay, you can be as dark as Barack Obama, but if you're darker, then you can't work in the English teaching industry. This is kind of the rumor people talk about this happens to people mm. I've personally never experienced it I have friends who are darker than Barack Obama black <laughs> who work in education right in China um, in, 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 China, in Beijing yeah, in, in Beijing, Beijing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that yeah so I haven't experienced that I know that happens it's kind of funny mm. that people will phrase that that way yeah. but I personally haven't experienced that do you think it it's kind of a feeling is stronger for people who come from, you know, so-called African country. Even like the continent. Yeah, the continent yeah. of Africa. Um, yeah, so a couple things. So one I want to say is I think, especially from Americans, there's a narrative where we want to paint Chinese people as racially behind us. Mm. And I think that's, Americans like to do that to say, we like to do that all over the world to say like, okay, we're better, you know, we're more mm. PC. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Look at all this racist Chinese people. So I think people went into this conversation with that already, what they wanted to say, mm. and then try to find things to prove it. So I personally haven't experienced really that much racism here compared to anywhere. The second thing is, yes, I'm an American. That's a huge, huge difference. Mm. I think if you're a native speaker of English, but say you're from Ghana, mm. where they speak English, but you have like a Ghanaian accent, mm-hmm. there will yeah. be more discrimination for you. Even from black Americans, I think we have some discrimination, or I personally have some discrimination against Africans here as well. Oh, and like, really? oh, I don't like it. It's not good. It's just something that's like in my brain mm-hmm. I mean I in America we say yeah. well in America we say like everyone's a little bit racist because our society is racist yeah and exactly under- everyone's a little bit racist you know my point is not like you're trying to do that it's just like right, because yeah. you've grown up and have this idea of people before you met them mm-hmm. and then you spend your life like I spend my life actively trying to like not be racist or learn more and more and more mm-hmm. right um, yeah. and that's the best anyone can do is like keep trying and learning about it because yeah. you're never going to be perfect anti-racist person (laughs) Uh, so yeah yeah, but there's a huge divide I think and there's a lot of people trying to bridge that gap I I specifically see a lot of people who are African like their parents are from Africa but they grew up in America Mm. and now they're in China so they feel connected to all three of those spaces and want to help or work with how China is now working in Africa mm-hmm. because Actually. there's a whole different reason why a lot of people from the continent are here mm-hmm. is like maybe they want to you know work in engineering or this kind of stuff to like work on infrastructure projects that China is doing right now in Africa mm-hmm. and that was something that also came up in the group that was kind of funny was in the movie um, the girl makes a joke about this white this white American guy comes up behind her and kind of scares her and she said don't scare me like that colonizer like, <laughs> yeah she's like don't come up with me like that colonizer so I asked in the group um, how was that line translated in the subtitles like yeah. what did it say and then someone said 
Are you gonna use that word on Chinese people to talk about what they're doing in Africa now? <laughs> oh, was like, wow! Oh shit! <laughs> wow! Okay. Fire! Okay, here we go. You know, so I thought that was really just. I think that's so. There's like these global networks going on right now. So、yeah. there's this relationship between. China and the continent that is like not really related to my personal experience,、mm-hmm. but I think is interesting, and I've always kind of looked at it because I think it's fascinating. Like I've always been interested in global migration and diaspora and all、yeah. this stuff. So that's yeah, the African versus African American experience here, and、mm-hmm. then there's also Afro Caribbeans here,、mm-hmm. um, and there's people who are mixed or like. Yeah, so it's it's a big complicated thing. We're not just like one block of people、yeah. that all think the same or have、right. the same yeah, experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that African people in China face more discrimination, also from Chinese people, than Black Americans do.、Mm. It seems like there's this image of Africans here being really dangerous, or、mm-hmm. people will say to me, "Oh, I heard this African guy." Like my Chinese tutor will be like, "Oh, I heard these African guys like." Beat up this Chinese person on the weekend, like they're always doing that, or or like people associate African people as like drug dealers here,、mm-hmm. like in Family Tune. There's that joke is like all these African guys are like selling drugs or whatever. Yeah, in front of the police station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. So, but I don't feel like that. That I don't think、mm. Chinese people associate that with me or with other、I、Black、think. Americans.、Mm-hmm. Um, It's not good or bad. I just think bad exists in Beijing, at least、mm, those、yeah. kind of ideas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't occur to me, to be honest, until I went to the Afri- Africa two point oh. Yeah, Africa two point oh. It's a it's it a event. Ah,、uh, panel、yeah. discussion. They're like a group here in、mm. Beijing, Africa two point oh, and they organize panel discussions, events,、mm. smart like networking, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, the one I went to was、uh, I think a few weeks ago.、Mm-hmm. Held in Bookworm, and they have like six panelists coming from different industries,、right. talking about their experience. You know how they think of the CCTV skit,、mm. and also you know their personal experience and their view about racial issue issue in in China, which was really interesting.、Mm-hmm. And they also have people come from you know the, some of them are Afri- African American, others are come come from the continent of、uh, Africa.、Mm. And yeah, that's the first time I, I realized. Oh, actually, there's a you know different background. You know, people、yeah. come from different countries. Their、yeah. viewpoint is very different, and、Absolutely. their background is very different.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. So you you mentioned in your articles like there's、uh, you know different ethnic group. Uh, sorry, different groups. Um, and people try to connect each other. Um, among um, black people in China. So. Um, how how does that work?、And、Do you mean like WeChat groups?、Or? Yeah, y- you、okay. mentioned that there are a bunch of bunch of them, or like you, organizations too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's just、um, yeah, there's a bunch of different organizations and WeChat groups. So there's Opopo, which was the one that did、mm, the、right. event, the red carpet event, and they're like a WeChat magazine. So they publish WeChat posts、mm. about. Trying to spread positivity about Africa and its diaspora in China, and there's Black Gen, which kind of more focuses on the creative industries and arts. So they'll、mm-hmm. do big arts events.、Mm-hmm. Um, Africa 2.0, like you talked about.、Mm, there's、right. 
so many more. And there's WeChat groups. I'm in, like, there's one coming up called Black Expo, which is mm. going to be, an, again, another, like, creative market type thing. Um, there's Black Women in Beijing. There's, you know, I'm probably in, like, six or seven WeChat groups that mm-hmm. are on blackness, some version oh, or okay. interest mm-hmm. within that. And I think it's it's like a bonding thing, too. I mean, I met some of my best friends here when I first got here. We were just in a bar, and they're like, you're black, I'm black. Let's be black girls in Beijing, yeah. you know? Oh, so, that's nice. That's yeah, nice. it's a yeah. nice thing. I mean, I don't know if Chinese people feel that. Like, if you're in France and you met a Chinese person, you might feel like, oh, hey. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. But for me, I mean, in high school, I joined a black the black club is called a moja mm. in college you just join and yeah it's nice there's a shared experience and there's like a cultural element too where it's like you know maybe like the same music or mm. you know want to talk about something racist happens at work you want someone who is like yeah i get it not like that's not true like you're imagining that so yeah you kind of naturally find the community mm. um black women in particular like we have you know, I'm like, oh, I left all my makeup in the taxi. Where can I find, <laughs> like, my shade? And they're like, go to MAC and Taiku Lee. They have, get the darkest shade. It's going to work. Like, it'll be okay. <laughs> Especially for hair stuff, too. That's a big thing. Right. Where you're like, oh, I want to get, like, this style of braids. Or, like, I want to do X, Y, Z with my hair. Like, mm-hmm. someone help me buy something. Yeah, and then, yeah, just, like, kind of bonding you know, I love I love black people wherever they are I want to like be near them <laughs> <laughs> we're just so beautiful we like have so much fun so and I think the premiere really showed that it was just like right have yeah, fun yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. people who weren't black were like wow this is so cool like yeah. the music the drums the excitement the clothes the hair you know yeah we just like to show our beauty to the world show yeah fun. that's awesome yeah <laughs> no, and it's such an amazing culture i mean like yeah. and how you how you bond with each other and also like how many talented people uh really like two of my favorite singers amazing jazz singer black ladies nina simone and oh, the billy holiday yeah, they have, like just amazing voice yeah really, really talented yeah yeah nina simone's so interesting like she wanted to be a classical pianist mm. but she got into like the top school and they were like we're not accepting black people even though she had all the talent to get in yeah so she's like i guess i have to go sing jazz which like lucky for the world because she's I know. amazing yeah, I know. but yeah she she experienced she moved to africa for a bit she lived in liberia and she was like i finally feel free here mm. even though she's black american so yeah we've just been especially artists and writers yeah. like mm. i always talk about one of my favorite writers from the 1930s he traveled extensively and he was in shanghai wow in the 1930s and he was hanging out with like jazz performers and talking about race in shanghai and wow like the white people there who were like in the french concession the chinese people he met and he that was like almost 100 years ago wow. so yeah, I mean, we're all, I don't know, it's a beautiful artistic community and mm-hmm. people, I think right. there's a willingness to get to know each other. I hope. I mean, I'm like this American, and then people from the continent would be like, oh, she's so American. <laughs> so, <laughs> and yeah, and then the continent's diverse too, you know, there's East Africa, West Africa, and right, yeah. I know so many the, countries there, yeah. so many different cultures. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I don't like, you know, in, in on, on Chinese media, there's also always say Africa. And yeah, that kind yeah. of covers everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, people yeah. In, this, in America and the States do that, too. They'll be like, I just, like, name your favorite country. You're like, oh, Africa and Argentina. <laughs> and, yeah, there's, like, one of my favorite websites in college was about, it was about news from Africa, but it was called africasnotacountry.com. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I just hope we all keep, like, learning and engaging with each other and the world's changing and I don't know. Let's be part of it. I hope. Sure. Hope whoever is listening to this has <laughs> yeah, yeah. learn a little bit from it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, having yeah. more discussion, love from each other. Yeah, contribute yeah. to this. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> really if anybody want to buy Cassie's book, once again, it's called the Period of Warring States. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. What's oh. your Twitter account? It's at Cassie Lee underscore. So K-A-S-S-Y-L-E-E underscore. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you, everyone. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Woman. If you have any feedback, write to us at womanpodcast, W-O-M-E-N podcast at outlook.com. Oh, 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 oh